I'm going to continue ministering on the word shaken from Acts chapter 4. And today's message is going to be on they were all filled with the Spirit. Everyone say they were all filled with the Spirit. But before I do that, I want to uh, share a something um, that we would like to do here at Life Church, and this is uh, a culmination of things that have been happening with the pastors in Bloomington. Uh, the pastors have been coming together, and it's been getting a little bigger and a little bigger this last year or so, and I believe it's because we really have a desire to see the church grow and a desire to see the church come together. I've been praying with two of these pastors for 20 years, every Wednesday for 20 years. And that's uh, Bruce Wheeler and David Shunk. We have been getting together. Uh, when I first came here, they invited me to David Chunk's house, and we met, and I've been praying ever since on Wednesdays. That's 20 years. And uh, just recently, we've gotten more and more pastors that are coming into the group. And this past week, we met, Michael has been coming, Pastor Mike has been coming down from Indianapolis to meet. And just recently, there has been some things that have been happening in the government issues of Bloomington that just don't go along with biblical scripture. Come on, somebody needs to say amen. Some things that don't go along with when it comes to marriage. <clears throat> and uh, the churches have uh, come together. So I'm just going to read this letter and I'm going to share what we, what we would like to do and what we'd like to see the churches that have gathered. We had uh, 15 churches in our meeting last Wednesday. From the Methodists to Church of Christ to uh, Evangelical, Pentecostal, come on. Okay, this is uh, out of Joel, the first chapter, 14th verse. Consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God. And he says, cry out to the Lord. <clears throat> I mean, no, I believe the pastors and the men of God are the gatekeepers in the community. And this is what we said. A concerned group of uh, evangelical pastors from the city of Bloomington, Indiana, and the greater Monroe County, we've had some pastors come from uh, Bedford are sensing an urgency by the Holy Spirit to call our respectable, respectable, respectful congregations to united 21-day corporate fast beginning Sunday, March 10th, and ending su uh, Saturday, March 30th, Resurrection Weekend. We're asking our congregation to join a united prayer effort and fasting of at least one meal a day to pray for our churches, our city, and its surrounding area, and our great nation, and its leadership. We could talk all we want, 
about the politicians, and you could talk all you want about the media, and you could talk all you want, but, but if you don't start praying for them, nothing is going to change. You can have all the rhetoric you want, but nothing is going to change without prayer and coming together. Come on. So we've designated three Sundays that the first 15 minutes before service starts, uh, either Pastor Mike will get up or me or one of the elders here at the assembly, and we're going to pray for specific things that Sunday morning. And this goes along with a lot of things that we've been preaching here. The Lord really spoke to me, Pastor Mike, about preaching on shaking and prayer. So on March the 10th, we're going to pray for the church reawakening and renewal. The church needs a reawakening and it needs a new renewal. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So we're going to pray for these specific things, and they'll be on the board when we pray. And they'll be on the screen all week. Uh, Brother Bob's going to put it on, in the, on outside so you know. Unity in the greater church of our region. Health of congregations. Renewal of our people. Greater commitment to the Great Commission and fulfillment of God's destiny in each of our people. So we're going to pray for that the first week. The second week on March the 17th, we're going to pray for our city leaders and governing body. Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the welfare of the city where I have set you its exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will have welfare. We're not talking about, you know, getting a free hand out. We're going to pray for our mayor and town council. The last time I, I went to the mayor's office about four years ago, I prayed, I prayed with him. Um, I asked him if I could pray for him. He said, yeah, I even laid my hands on him. But, uh, you know, but we need a united group. Like, we need a shaking. <laughs> okay. So we're going to pray for him and the town council. We're going to pray for Indiana University to be restored to a righteous institution. Amen? We want to pray for Indiana University. We want to pray for the righteous people into offices of leadership, government, and education. We want to pray for prosperity and businesses to come to our community. And then we really need to pray. I, matter of fact, I said this to my wife this morning as I was coming in. I've never seen so many homeless people in all my life in the city of Bloomington. We need to pray for the homeless population. We need to know what God wants to do here. Okay, so that's the second. The third uh, Sunday, which is March the 24th, we're going to pray for our president and our nation, the United States. Romans 13.1, very important scripture, saints. When I was leading, the, when we used to have the prayer on the, on the city steps and we prayed, that was my uh, what they asked me to pray for was to pray for the police officers and the soldiers and everything. And it says, 
Romans 32, let every person be in subjection to who? For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. God put these people into place. You've got to really believe that. Otherwise, you're going to get... God put people into place. So we're going to pray for the president, Barack Obama. You're going to pray. We're going to pray. Come on, saints. We're going to pray for our Congress. And we're going to pray for violence in our nation. We've got to come against this violence that's happening in our nation. Where children get killed. Right while they're sitting in the classroom. We need to pray. We need to pray for the abortion problem here. And we need to pray for something that I find very important is human trafficking. Which is on the rise. Uh, we, have a, we used to have a young lady here who, Grace Chung, considers me her father in the faith that she has, is now in uh, Cambodia dealing with human trafficking and has been there for four years. And she's right in the middle of it. And it's a big, big problem. So we need to pray for those things and that's what we're going to be doing. Amen? Everybody say amen. God, hallelujah. How many excited what God's going to do? Amen. Come on. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah. We're going to, I'm going to minister this morning on, they were all filled with the Spirit, shaken. Part three. Hallelujah. They were all filled with the Spirit. Out of Acts chapter 4, we won't read that yet, but Acts chapter 4, you can go there. Last few weeks, we've been talking about the activity in the early church in chapter 4 of Acts. And how many know we believe the model of the first church is our model? And it's our pattern that we need to follow. And it's our desire as leadership here, as your pastor, desire for this church, and the desire for this church is that the Spirit of God will be on and in the church, covering every aspect of the church, of church life. Every aspect of church life. Amen? Children, the church service, the elderly, every aspect. Just like the early church. They all gathered, they all gave, they all sat together, they had fellowship, they had kononia together. The church today, saints, needs to experience the empowering presence of God. In and among us. We need to have a real empowering it's a very powerful word, empowering presence of God. And how many know the Holy Spirit 
is our enabler. That's the one we need to go look to. The Holy Spirit is a powerful force in the church. Not by might, no my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's a powerful force in the church. And what I'm going to speak about today, and in this message today, we're going to be looking for powerful prayer to take place, just like I was sharing what the pastors would want. We want to see powerful prayer take place. As the Holy Spirit fills us. But sometimes we need to get refilled. And as, as the Holy Spirit fills us. You see, spirit-filled, spirit-driven, spirit-empowering praying happens when they were all. When they were all filled with the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus this morning. And Lord God, we ask, Lord, that the ears would be open to hear what the Spirit is saying this morning. Lord God, that your people would be refilled. And those who may not know the filling of the Holy Spirit would get filled this morning. So, Father, we thank you for this, and we ask, Lord, that uh, you would use the messenger to bring forth the message in Jesus' name. I, I was stirred last week by Pastor Phil Capuccio, by the way, and a lot of this it just come to pass. What he was preaching and what me and Pastor Mike have been praying about, even at the beginning of the year, what we should do and how we should come across, and he come across... He didn't know anything. He never shared anything with him. And he, he just was powerful. Matter of fact, right after we finished preaching, another pastor called and he asked me and Phil to come and set in his leadership down in Virginia. God is on the move, saints. God is on the move. Acts 4, verse 30 to 31. You could all... By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your... Is this the right scripture? It is? What's that? Verse 30? Acts chapter 4. Let me read it from the Bible. By stretching out your hand to heal... And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, everybody say, when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. And they were what? Let's all say it together. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Verse 31, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
spirit-filled prayer is saturated with the living presence of God, which then enables us, saints, to pray with power that is beyond ourselves. It's the dynamics of a spirit-filled life that we're able to pray with power. Pray with power. Because it says in Ephesians 6.18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is, pray at all times, in every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. And when you pray in the Spirit, keep alert. Come on. Watch with purpose. Have perseverance. Interceding in behalf of myself. Uh, in behalf of all the saints. It's not by might, nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. That's Spirit-driven praying. You see, a Spirit-filled life incorporates, puts together, Spirit-driven praying. And spirit-empowered praying, you know what it does? It invades the impossible. Well, we think, oh, it goes right in and invades the impossible. We could pray for healing. When somebody says they'll never be healed, come on. You pray in the spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. It invades the impossible. It stretches out with expectation. It unleashes then the power of God. And then it breaks all the obstacles that may be in the way. Saints, listen to me. The Holy Spirit is in you, on you, and through you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do you not know? Come on, saints. First Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is what? Who is in you? Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. John 14, 16. Come on, you have to know this. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That he may do what? He may live, abide with you for a little while. Just when I'm in trouble. Just when I need something. No, forever. Now in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it states... 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak. Come on, somebody say amen. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And in Acts 13, 52, the disciples were filled with sadness. They were filled with what? Joy and with the Holy Spirit. In verse 9, in the same chapter, it says, Saul, who also was called Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled. If you look up the definition of filled, when you fill something, it is to put as much as you as can be held. Whew. I'm fill myself. As much as can be held. As much as I can contain and supply with fullness to top to the brim. I want to top it to the brim. Not just to here. All the way up to there. I want to get filled all the way. Hallelujah. Jack Hayford says this. And he states this. To be filled with the Spirit is an expansion, everybody say expansion, of our capacity for worshiping. And it's an extension, everybody say extension, an extension of our dynamic for witnessing. Come on, saints, it's an expansion of worshiping, it's an extension of our witnessing, and then it's an expulsion. It's a coming out of the adversary through our spiritual warfare. When you are filled with the Spirit, come on, saint, you're going to be expanded to worship God more than you've ever worshipped Him before. You're going to have an extension to tell somebody about Jesus Christ more than you ever had before when you're filled with the Spirit. And then you're going to be able to explode. And you're going to be able to give out. And you'll be able to come against the enemy who's attacked your family, who's attacked the church, who's attacked your body. You're going to be able to come out against the enemy and stop down on the head of the saint. The saint and kill him, and you're going to be able to take part. When you fill full with the Spirit. Hallelujah. I mean, to get rid of some adversaries that are coming against you, coming against your family. But to be filled, we need to drink in. be filled, we need to drink in. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't drink enough water. What happens? You dehydrate. You shrink. Come on. You get sick. You get an infection. Come on. In your bladder. You don't drink enough water. You don't drink enough. So we have to drink in. So drinking in, listen to what drinking in means. 
the believer, in the likeness of one drinking, receives the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit within himself until there comes a point at which the Holy Spirit received, in turn, wells up within the believer and flows forth like a river from within the inmost depths of his being. It just wells up in you, and you got to let it go. you got to really start worshiping God. You really got to magnify his name, and you got to pray with power. John 7, verse 37 and 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, come on, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers. Everybody say rivers. Of living water. Saints, the Holy Spirit empowers you with the spirit of freedom of movement. is a freedom. I remember when uh, I was a young Christian, I don't know, I was, I guess, about three months saved or whatever, and I got called out, and Nobody knew me. And the word of the Lord came over my life, and I just got filled right there in front of, I don't know how many, it was 1,200 people or whatever in the church. And I was just, I was the only one filled, not speaking with another language. God just filled me. Hallelujah. It was a freedom, just a freedom. The freedom of movement, the freedom that I can go on more. A lot of these things, like I, I, he's going to help me get rid of the cigarettes that were still in my pocket. He's going to help me get rid of some things that I was doing. It was a freedom. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. Now, the spirit, unlike any object, it can't be located. Come on. It can't be weighed and it can't be dissected. Amen? So since the spirit knows no limitations, the spirit doesn't follow a prescribed, come on, pattern. There's a follow sub. Okay, this is what you do. This is what you got to do. No, no. There's a freedom. There's a freedom of movement. There is spontaneity. Amen? Come on, saints. There is spontaneity and freedom in the spirit. There's no limitations. How many know man is limited? Man is limited by the flesh, not by the Holy Spirit. There's freedom. The Spirit is not bound to places or things, but it is 
totally free, hallelujah. Free in the spirit. The spirit represents energy, drive, dynamic movement. If you look at James 5.16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Touched. Why? Because the effective, fervent, energy, dynamic, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? It avails much. It's dynamic. Come on. It's powerful. It's empowering. You get results. Because the effective, fervent prayer produces results. It's active. It's dynamic. Come on, somebody say amen. Because the Spirit signifies something. It signifies a vital force. Acts 2, 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled what? Not just a little bit of the place. It filled the whole house. Every dimension. Every inch of that house. How many would like to see the church filled? Every dimension. From floor to ceiling. From wall to wall. Come on. Every dimension filled. Where they were sitting. Where they were gathered. I mean, a mighty wind is just like a hurricane force. You ever see the hurricane force come through? I, we were traveling, I don't know, a couple of years back, and that, you were in the car too, right, Mike? The van, and that big tornado came right by us. Oh, my God. Picked up uh, that big uh, tractor. It's, it, it, it's powerful. Wind or breath is like a vivid figure of speech that depicts the Spirit of God as a moving force and it's a divine kind of energy. The Holy Spirit is a moving force. It has energy. It's a mighty wind. Okay? The Holy Spirit breathes the spirit of prayer within you. He comes and he breathes that spirit of prayer inside of you. The power of prayer comes from an empowering within. And saints, he will not continue to empower for prayer unless you use that power in prayer. Well, I really need it today. But the rest of the week, I don't need it because I'm working. When he fills you and you don't use it, you have to use what he gives you. Because the Spirit 
Because the atmosphere of our praying is the transforming power. Is breathed in the atmosphere of a spirit and comes and out comes prayer. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But what? Does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Because you know what? They're foolishness to him. It's just foolishness. Nor can he know them because they are they are what? Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Saints, we need to be ready for prayer and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to pray with the empowering Spirit. Everybody say grace. Zechariah 4, verse 6 and 7. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and they shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of what? The spirit of power is the spirit of grace. It's divine enablement and the spiritual release of God's ability when we cannot accomplish, when we ourselves cannot accomplish those difficult tasks and face impossible obstacles. It's that empowering spirit of grace that brings us through. Grace in the Hebrew means it portrays the compassionate response of one who is able to help another person in need. That's what grace is. It will empower you to pray for that one that may be hurting. And we need to pray with grace. And power. We need to be praying with the empowering spirit of strength. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, with might through his spirit in the inner man. Saints, we are given supernatural enablement for a particular purpose. How many have found sometimes you're really going to pray for something that's real, real important to you and you get that supernatural power to really pray for it? And the Holy Spirit himself must be present all through our praying to help weaknesses of the flesh and our mind 
and to give us life and to give us power. To help us not look to the flesh. To help us to not think this is not going to happen. To help us not think about anything else but to pray. And we need to be praying with the empowering spirit of the helper. John 14, 26. But the helper, who is what? The Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit, saints, is your advocate. He's your aid. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. In uh, 400 AD, Bishop Ambrose said this, the helping of the Spirit is very emphatic in the Greek. As a man picking up a heavy piece of timber by one end cannot get it up until some other man takes it up at the other end, so the Spirit of God comes at the other end, takes the heaviest end of the burden, so helps the soul to lift it up. He will help you to help you. See, saints, the Spirit ushers us to the throne of God. Like, like, just like a court official who introduces people's desires of an audience with the king. See, we don't know how to approach God or how to express sometimes our deepest requests. But the advocate knows how to express it for you. He knows how to express it through you. He knows how to express your deepest thoughts and deepest requests. And he perfectly interprets your deepest needs. And lastly, saints, I leave with this and we need to be praying with the empowering of a spiritual language. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit... He speaks mysteries. Verse 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And in verse 14, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. The spiritual language, saints, is a spiritual utterance. It's a spiritual utterance by the Holy Spirit through the human vessel. Amen? In a language never learned before by the speaker. How many have experienced that? 
Come on, let me see your hands. I remember once uh, somebody spoke out in tongues and uh, spoke this language. And then there was a, I don't know, it was a Chinese man or whoever it was says I'd never heard. He said, that language is a, a language that is so back from how a country that I couldn't believe anybody ever spoke that before. And this man had spoke this thing in Chinese or whatever it is. Something that I've never learned it before. When I started speaking in tongues, when they laid their hands on me that day, I was prayed over me, and they called me into the ministry. I was only three months saved. Boom! I just let loose. Romans 8, 26 and 28. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Because uh, we do not know what we should pray for, as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercessor for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things, what? Work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. See, saints, I don't know, I don't think I'm the only one, but we regularly face things we don't know how to pray about. Sometimes I face things, I don't know, what the heck to pray about here? Am I the only one? Right? How do we know the Holy Spirit, though, will dramatically assist in prayer at those certain times? You let Then God's purposes and power then are introduced into the situation. Okay? Intercession for tough situations or rough situations that is made, and those situations now work together for good because the Holy Spirit inspired intercessory prayer now has intervened. And now a different result, a different result has become realized that would have been that would have been the case in the circumstances that were surrounded in the human wisdom. There's a different now dynamic that's introduced because it's not human thinking then. It's not by human wisdom. Because my spiritual language and your spiritual language is a resource. It's a resource when I know a difficult situation is coming. And there's a difficult situation coming up. And I really don't know. I don't have the wisdom in my human intellect to try to try to figure it out. So I get into prayer. Come on. And I start praying in tongues. Whatever it is. And God that intervenes. I hear him. I understand him. It then becomes a means of inner strength. 
How many get that strength when they start praying in tongues? They get before the Lord. They don't know what to pray for. Come on. I don't know what. You start praying in tongues. You get that inner strength when facing temptation or a means of inviting God's wisdom. I need your wisdom, God. I need to make a decision. And now your wisdom gives you his wisdom. Saints, it's a refreshing. It's a refreshing in the middle of spiritual warfare. How many have ever been in some spiritual warfare, some spiritual battles? You don't know what else to pray for. You can't think of anything else to pray for. You just start speaking in tongues and asking the Lord to help you. And I'm telling you right now, he will refresh you. He will help you.